0: Welcome to Speaking the Truth, in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. We're happy to be here with you. Um, We're really uh, upbeat, got our spirits upbeat today because... And I'm being sarcastic, we're watching a snowstorm out the window in April. Man. And uh, so here in Idaho, we got some uh, Idaho uh, spring weather. I think we're on our fourth winter now. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, and of course, it teased us with some nice weather last week, some really t shirt weather almost. Um, so we're kind of anxious for spring, but we're going to be patient. Yeah, it'll well, come. Just like I tell my kids, I was like, the Lord will tell us when, when it's That's ready right. for spring. That's <laughs> right. Uh, I think the ski hill got like, I don't know, 12 inches in the last 24 hours. <laughs> and it's closed. Oh, man. It's closed for the season. So the, if you're going to ski, you got to hike. There's no lifts around. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>
1: so maybe go down the hill once. And That's be done.
0: right. But we're happy to be here with you tonight. We're on the nice, warm inside of the building here. And so we ain't got nothing to complain about today on this Monday evening. Uh, And so, uh, as we go along here, if you guys have any questions, uh, as always, uh, um, go ahead and send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Love at gmail.com. And then, if you're in the area uh, this Sunday in Blackfoot, we'd love to have you worship with us. So, our worship's at uh, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, 370 North Shilling. And, uh, uh, well, actually, our class is at 10, worship's at 11. We'd love to have you. So, um, stop in and say hi. So we'll go ahead and get started here. Um, Brother David brought us a lesson on the wheat and the tares. And so we're going to kind of go through. Our text is Matthew 13. You're welcome to turn over there with us. We're going to be reading from there here in a little bit. But uh, certainly some great thoughts for us to consider as we we go through our study here today. All right. So
1: the text is, like you said, Matthew 13. We're going to be starting in verse 24 through uh thirty, and that's the parable, and then a little bit later in verse thirty six and following uh, his disciples actually ask ask Christ to explain the parable to him, yeah, so then he gets into it a little bit more down there as well. but in here it's it's uh it's called the wheat and the tares now the the wheat of course is is uh, symbolic for Christians mm-hmm. those who are Seeking to please the Lord and and following him his way. Yeah. And then the tares are actually weeds that are trying to disguise themselves uh, as Christians.
0: Yeah. I think that's the one that I was a little vague on. The tares are basically weeds. They are. But they look like wheat at the beginning. At the beginning stages. And if you've ever watched wheat grow, uh, and we got some good wheat fields around here. It's just green. It looks like grass. Yeah. And it's just green, a nice, perfect, even together uh, strands of wheat. And as they grow, before long, you start seeing heads on them starting to form the wheat heads, you know? Yeah. And so basically, the wheat and the tares start out the same, clear till they start making the heads. Until the heads develop, that's when you notice that the tares are actually a weed. Yeah. And they're different from, from the rest of the wheat. So I think if we go, as we go through and read this, keep that in mind as we go through and, and, and look at the differences between the, the wheat and the tares, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm only stating that because I was a little vague on it. <laughs> as we went through the sermon on Sunday, we were talking earlier. And so just, I'm explaining that for you so that, because that's where I didn't catch.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So
0: let's, uh, actually, let's just read.
1: Matthew thirteen, starting verse twenty four through verse thirty. It says in another parable he put forth to them, saying The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemies came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and the produce and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest I will say to to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And so here is the parable that he talks about. And so these, excuse me, these, uh, the wheat that he planted, you know, as they are starting to sprout, that's when they notice these tares or the, the weeds that are along with it. And these, like we said, the weeds, really disguise themselves. If you ever um, look up pictures about wheat and tares mm-hmm. or, or wheat and, and weeds the tares look a lot like the uh, the wheat
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, only very small different variations where it even the experienced eye, you know these uh these servants that that volunteered to go out and gather up the tares, they're used to this. They're this is their their livelihood. This is what they do. Well, even then, they could even pull up some of the wheat. Yeah. Because it's very hard to see the difference when it when it's first starting to sprout.
0: Well, and even if you yank it out of the ground, it's going to disrupt the roots and possibly because they're the roots are intertangled with, right. with the I wheat. That's right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. With the wheat, and so if they ripped them out, it would possibly ruin the wheat. Yeah. One one thing that I think is interesting is, you know, he did everything right and it's kind of like us today as we teach uh jesus we did everything right and all of a sudden people are not following what jesus said. so what do they do they blame the teacher what, why didn't you teach them right yeah. you know and that's what's happening here did you sow bad seed what was wrong did your seed messed up yeah you know and so um but yeah at some point they really could recognize the difference and go hey this crop's tainted yeah. You know this. There's there's something wrong here. Yep. What do we do? Yeah, and you know one of the uh, w-
1: this isn't really in my lesson, but something that we we talked about in, in Wednesday class, uh, maybe not this last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, um, the attitude behind it mm-hmm. is really determining. Like I, how you talked about how when we go talk about Jesus.
0: Yeah, we teach. a lot of
1: times we, we teach them and they they fall away. Yeah, where their attitude towards the lord was not the attitude they should have had
0: yeah and sometimes we blame ourselves man could have i done something different yeah and and what does he say he says right here nope but this was the enemy well who's the enemy satan yeah satan that's right so satan comes in amongst these new christians or whatever however you want to look at it i think it's a good analogy because they come in satan comes in and turns them away and while you're sleeping You know, while you're sleeping or not paying attention, he swoops in and destroys the crop.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know what's funny is is, uh, kind of along those lines, when when your boy was baptized, Mm -hmm. I got up there and I said, uh, now's the time to really pay attention to him. Mm -hmm. Now's the time to really be there for him Mm -hmm. because he's a babe in Christ. And this is when Satan... Can really attack Adam, oh, you know, yeah. and this is when Satan really wants to attack. Because oh, absolutely! Y- keep in mind when you turn your life to the Lord, Satan lost you. Yeah, and Satan wants you back.
0: Yeah, and when and he does it right after he says he he, he sowed the seed and and say, and and while he slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. So right after he had done it, he comes That's in right. and does it right at the same time. Yeah, trying to persuade whoever he can.
1: Yep. And you know the uh so your attitude towards the Lord has to be correct. Yeah. You know um turn over with me to Psalm 119 47 and 48. This is kind of the the attitude that we need to have towards the word of God. You know, and this is the this is the attitude of the wheat.
0: Okay. This is,
1: you know, Do uh, you want to read that, Jen?
0: Which verse? Psalm
1: 119 Verses uh, 47
0: and 48. Okay. All right. It says, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. Are you sure yet? Psalm 119? Yeah. What's, what verse? 47, 48. Oh, I'm not. I'm 47. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So 47, 48. And I will de- delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. Okay, so in two verses, he talks about his
1: commandments, which he loves. Okay. And then it's not just loving it, and then he says, I will meditate on your statues. So, loving his commandments, loving the perfect word of God, that this really describes the author's attitude about the scripture, you know, yeah. about the word of God. He delights in it. He loves it, you know. He doesn't want to change it, because if he changed it, then it's no longer pure. You know, the Word of God is is pure and perfect in every way. And if you change it, it's no longer perfect. It's if you try to change it, it actually contradicts somewhere else. You know, the the Scripture is intertwined together so beautifully. And you know what I mean by that is it's written by about forty different authors at 40 different times, 40 different places, and yet it doesn't contradict. Yeah. Each, each one only complements the other.
0: Yeah.
1: So in that, you see the, the work of God in there. And so when, when you put the whole Bible together, it's pure in every way. It doesn't contradict. It doesn't, you know, if you... If you come to a verse and it seems like it's contradicting, it's because you're either looking at one of the verses wrong or both of them wrong. Yeah. Right? And so, God is never wrong. Yeah. So, if the Scripture seems like it contradicts, you're wrong. Now, I don't say that to the viewer. I say that to everyone, (laughs) myself included. You know, there's times where you're looking at two different verses, and it almost seems like they contradict, where... Good example of this is John three sixteen. For God so loved the whole world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting mm-hmm. life. So that verse and that verse, if you just look at that verse, it looks like all you have to do is believe. Yeah. But then when you go over to Acts two thirty eight, it says you need to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so. You know, if you just look at these two verses, which one is it? Do you have to repent and be baptized, or do you have to believe? Mm. Well, you know, if you think that contradicts, well, you're actually you're not taking the Bible as a whole. And when you take the Bible as a whole, it plays beautifully together. There's actually a plan of salvation. There's five steps. And, you know, there's yeah. there's steps. Belief and um, repentance and baptism, there, there are three different steps there. You know, it starts with hearing the word of God, Romans ten seventeen, believing it. You know, and 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 so on and so forth. So you, uh, it's all of it together. Yeah. You know, you can't just pick and choose out of the Bible. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to uh, name any names, but I heard of, uh, I think it was Martin Luther. Now I'm naming names, but. Uh, <laughs> He actually would cut out verses out of
0: his Bible. Oh, no, it wasn't Martin Luther. That's um, Jefferson. Okay, Jefferson. Uh, one of our country's founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, yeah. yeah. That's what it was.
1: Okay, so he would actually cut verses out of his Bible. Mm-hmm. And then, so he says, well, I am following God according to my Bible.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: he has yeah, just tainted work. the Word of God. You know, he, he, he chose not to believe it.
0: As a whole. Well, and I think um, that's a big thing because that's putting your trust in man, really, if you think about it. Because a lot of people, they'll try to find a religion that lets them live their lifestyle the way they want to. Yeah. When that's just putting your trust in man. It's wisdom. That's you know? right. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's a danger. I, I think one thing that's interesting here, too, um, when they ask him if he wants them to go... And gather them up, the tares? Yeah. He says, but but he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uh, uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. So this right here, I think, would be reference to the fact that as Christians, we live in the world with the tares. We with, do. With unfaithful people. And, um uh, together until the harvest, and then at harvest time, the um, the tares will be gathered together to be burned. They will
1: they will have at at harvest time they will have proved themselves. Yeah, and and they will they will show themselves to be disobedient.
0: Yeah, and so as you know, if you I I'm pretty sure this is what he's referencing to. Correct. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Is, is the way we live. You know, we live amongst we live in the world. That's right. You know, and it's it's really difficult to, we can't get away from the world. That's right. You know, right. we live in the world. Well, and, and, and there's a lot of things that we have to shun from, you know, but yep. we still live in the world.
1: Yeah. John uh, 17, 15 is actually what you're making reference to. Okay. Um, turn over there with me if you're listening. I'd love for you to turn over there with me. Christ is here, is praying to the Father, and he's actually praying to the Father about his disciples. John 15 what? John 17, verse ah, 15. 17. And he's, he's actually praying to the Father uh, about his disciples or his apostles. Um, oh,
0: yeah, that's good.
1: And then in, in verse 20, he actually turns to those who will believe, so us, you know, in, in the future. But in verse 15, he says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So that that's in reference to what you're talking about. Yeah. We have to live in the world. We are living among the tares. You know, we have to sanctify ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to purify ourselves with the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, the only way that we can sanctify ourselves or make ourselves holy
0: and we can't be squeezed out by the tares, you That's know? right. We have to we have to fight and stay you know, not be influenced by it. Yeah. Well, and that actually goes back to the, um, the parable
1: right before this one, the, yeah. the wheat and the terror. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So maybe we'll get into sowing that. <laughs> seed.
0: I know. I was like, when I started looking at this, but when we started, I was like, oh, we could talk forever on this I know subject. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's interesting because that is very clear and I'm anxious to go read. Um, you know, the the parable of the tares explained, because we're kind of going through explaining it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you could just see um, Jesus' disciples, their heads probably cocked a little going, what is he talking (laughs) about, you know? Yeah. It's so so clear for us because we have the completed word, you know, but they're going, what is Jesus talking about, How confused
1: would we be if we didn't have it explained
0: to us? Confused as can be, you know? And so... You know, um, then they ask him, they're like, hey, what do you mean by this? You know, because yeah. this is confusing, but it makes sense to us because of the whole, we have the completed word, you know? That's right. Absolutely. And, and we can see it, like, we can see it's as playing his as day that, that he's talking about this. And then at the day of harvest, you know, uh, yep. we sing that song when harvest time uh, is coming on or something like that. Anyways, that yeah. just popped in my head.
1: No, but it all makes a good sense one. because
0: if... Relaying it like this, that's definitely what's going to happen someday Yeah, when Jesus comes Well, back. that's
1: actually where the song came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Imagine that, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but the only way that we can sanctify ourselves in the way that he would have us to is to love him and his word. Yeah. To love it the way it is. Yeah. And, and try to, you know, going back to Psalm 119, 47, 48, it's that having that love for it. I love your law. Yeah. And, and he... In every way, the reason why he meditates upon it is because he wants to change his life to fit the word. You know, willing to empty yourself of you and filling yourself with Christ and and the love of Christ and the love of God. Yeah. And so, uh, absolutely. And so, let's, uh, you talked about skipping, uh, I mean, John 17. I'm
0: anxious to go read starting verse 36 there of Matthew 13. So do you want to read that while yeah. I'm turning there? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, all right, so Matthew thirteen thirty six, And uh, I guess I'll read through 43 there, it looks like. Yeah. So then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. See, they were confused. They didn't yeah. know. They were confused, you know. What are you talking about, Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> so starting, continue in verse 37. He answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The, um, the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Did we do good explaining it? Yeah. <laughs> Continue on verse 40. <laughs> Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the, in the fire... So it will be at the end of this age. The sons of man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all that offend and those who pr- practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Absolutely. And
1: you know, what I love about this in verse thirty six, when the after the multitude goes away, yeah. you know, his disciples go to him secretly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: asking Christ to explain the parable. So yeah. this this shows two different things about the disciples. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people think, well, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and, and you know, and yes, that of course that comes later for them, and, and they, they're able to teach things that that is revealed to them. But here you see their human side of things. Yeah, They're just like us, you know. Mm-hmm. They were struggling with, with the teachings of, of Christ. So you, that's one thing that you see. But the second thing you see is their zeal to please their master.
0: Yeah. And I think it's okay to have a question. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, like I said earlier, we have the completed word. We can take our questions to the completed word. Yeah. And, and find an answer. Yep. And um, they they didn't. They came to Jesus and said, hey, what are you talking about here? Yeah. You know?
1: Yep. And, you know, uh, if you cannot find the answer in Scripture, then that means you don't need to know. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, a question I'll always have, did Adam and Eve have a belly button? We don't know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they were the first to be created, so there was no need for a belly button, but they would just look weird. But. <laughs> But anyway, so here um, they ask, they ask for for an explanation, and this shows their where their heart is. Their heart is seeking to please Christ, and that's something that that I got out of it. You know, is that they wanted to please Him. They didn't just hold it in because they were embarrassed to ask or anything like that. They actually wanted to know. What these teachings were, and so then as he explains it to them, you know we see that that Satan is the enemy who's sowing the tares, mm-hmm. you know, and keeping in mind the it's, devil. Go ahead.
0: Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say that the devil yeah. can do this to all of us. The yeah. devil can can turn us away from the Lord, and he does that. Through false teachers. He does that through selfish desires. You yeah. know, when we begin to be saying things along the line of, well, I'll give up everything except this. You know, I'll do this on the side. It'll be okay. You know, that'll understand. It, it's all right. No,
0: you know, that's making excuses to continue to do what you want to do. Yeah. So go ahead. Oh, well, I was just saying, I'm, I'm looking, kind of looking around here. And it's interesting because he explains the parable of the sower as well. He, he gives the parable, and then he has to explain it too. Yeah. And then he gives this parable of the terrors and has to explain it too. And I, I think one thing that um, kind of stuck out to me, and I don't know what, how far we want to go here, but um, in verse 13, well, in, in verse 10 of 13, says, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? That, you know, and, and Very I, good point. the thing is, I'm I'm a visual guy. Okay. You know, you've known me long enough to know that I'm, I got to picture it. Yeah. And I, I always love analogies and comparing things from God's word to things that we deal with in our life. Because it, uh, it, it really makes it real to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I do projects in 3D. Okay. I'm picturing it. You know, and, and like, if I got a project at home or whether it's just re-landscaping the yard or building something, whatever, I can see the whole thing completed in my mind before I even start. Yeah. (laughs) And, and poor Cass, she can't, she doesn't see it that way. (laughs) And I'm like, no, it's gotta be this way, you know? And, and it's not only Cass, it's a lot of customers that I deal with and things, they just can't see it. Um, And I can see it. And so. But one thing that's interesting, I was reading while you were talking here, verse 13 um, of 13, he says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes... Um, have gone closed, lest they should see with their um, eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn um, so that I should heal them. You yeah. know, and and it's interesting because, um, let well, it continue on, it says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For surely I say to you, in that many prophets, the righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So these things, these parables were given to us to to get a visual of what's going on. Yeah. And we can see it. We can relate it. And it makes sense when we start looking at it this way. Yeah. I mean, it just makes it all real to me.
1: Well, and I love how Christ uses his creation to explain it to us. Mm -hmm. You know, And, and so in this parable... How long has wheat been around since since yeah. before he was preaching on this? Oh, you yeah. know? Oh yeah. He he uses his creation to explain yeah. how we should serve him. And then when you look at wheat, you see how they're perfectly in line. You know, and and they're they're perfectly uh, in line but joined together. Yeah. And and that's exactly how we are as as Christians, you know each each bud of wheat. Is us singularly, and, yeah. and you know, when with a congregation where we're all in line, you yeah. know, we're all serving God His way, mm-hmm. and when we're all attached to the vine, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're all attached to the the core, which mm-hmm. is Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ is the core. Christ is the vine, and He feeds us. He
0: He plenishes us. You well, know? and if and the thing is, like you brought up, I I can't remember if it was in your lesson or or in class, the fact that. We can go twelve twenty five hundred miles away <laughs> and worship with other Christians, and it's exactly the same as yeah. what we're doing, yeah, we're all in the same we're on different branches, but we're all the same, yeah, you know, serving the same master and following the same blueprint yeah and and our worship to him is exactly the same that's right you know and and so you've got different stocks of wheat with Christians on it <laughs> yeah
1: well and and so. Yeah, you, so you have, like, the, the whole vineyard, yeah, you know, and, and the whole field of wheat, and, and all of them are humbly bowed, right? Yeah. All of them are, and this, of course I'm talking about at harvest time, all of them are humbly bowed, and they're all in perfect line together, serving Christ. Yeah. Serving Christ His way, and that's the only way that we can be in line, is serving Christ His way, not our way, not... You know, the minute you start putting your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own beliefs into it, then you become corrupt. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to look it up, you know wheat and tares. Look at a tear. You know, you'll have like a. a, You can really see how they're they're branching off, doing their own thing, and and you can see even in the tear how it's they're crooked, you know. They're trying to disguise themselves as Christians, but
0: they're crooked in their ways. And I Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, he oh yeah. That you can see how his um his parables I I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, that's fine. But but like at the beginning of all these parables, he's like, the kingdom of heaven is like a man, okay? And then the next one, a parable of the leaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a leaven, you know? And then and then, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden, you know, in a field. I mean, you go along here, again, uh, the parable of the dragnet. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet. He's trying to relay a picture in their mind yeah. of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And and uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of neat how yeah. he uses these stories to explain the kingdom of heaven. Yeah.
1: But they're all his creation.
0: It's all his creation, yeah. and it, it's all something that makes sense to us because we've seen it. That's right. In his creation, you know, as, as he refers to
1: us as sheep as well. That's another one. Yeah. You know, we're sheep, and and we need each other. And then when you go and study sheep, they they don't go anywhere alone because danger is lurking around, uh-huh. and there there's only safety in numbers. So they a lot you see them gather together. You know and they're very um, skittish, you know, where they, they won't just go up to anybody. Where And so when Christ says, you know, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. If you have ever seen a shepherd, um, there was a video I watched one time where the shepherd actually allowed someone else to try to call his sheep. And they called them the same oh, way yeah. the shepherd would call him. Yeah but they didn't come. Yeah, they know. Because they knew his voice. They recognized their their shepherd's voice. And so then the shepherd calls right after them and they come running around the corner and there's like a hundred of them just running around the corner. Yeah. It's so cool. But that's how the shepherd is. You know, that's how the perfect shepherd is. When we when we go to his word, we know the voice of our shepherd. You know, yeah. and then that's why when you go somewhere else and someone is trying to say something, well, when you already know your shepherd, you know you know Christ and you know the way he walked the the way he taught, and then you hear somebody else trying to tell you what what God meant to say or something like that, you know that it's just off. you know and and we actually talk about this quite a bit, chad when you when you have um visitors come in sometimes. We had people come in from Tennessee mm-hmm. and you know, they, they traveled from all the way from Yellowstone
0: mm-hmm.
1: every Sunday and every Wednesday to come worship with us. And if you don't know Chad, how long, how far is that? Like two, two and a half hours?
0: Yeah. Yeah, about two and a half.
1: And they would travel every Sunday morning and every Wednesday evening to mm-hmm. worship with us. Yeah. But just talking to them, we recognize they're they're following the shepherd, they're mm-hmm. following Christ because, you know, they're they're worshiping the Lord the same way we are, you know. And um, I actually used you in my lesson where you went to Florida, yeah, and you went to another congregation and, and mm-hmm. you said they're worshiping God the same way we are. Yeah,
0: that's yeah.
1: And it's like, well, yeah, that's because we're reading out of the same Bible. Yeah, you know, we're mm-hmm. we're reading out of the same book here, and and so uh, to go back to the. The wheat and the tares, you know, at the beginning, you know, and, and I kind of use the illustration of a baby in Christ versus, um, you know, a baby in Christ needs the, the milk, the sincere milk of the yeah. Lord, mm-hmm. and full-grown Christians need solid food. Yeah. Well, if you give a baby solid food when it needs the sincere milk of the Lord, or just needs milk... Um, if you give it food, it'll choke and die. You know, you can't give a newborn baby food. You have to give it milk. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing it can eat. Well, the same thing with a babe in Christ. It, it, they can't take the, the meaty subjects or the, the, the meat of the word because it'll just
0: choke them out. Well, and that's what Jesus is doing here. He's, um, you know, he's, he's giving it to them in a way that they can understand. Yeah. You know, and, and so, so
1: you know this is at the um, at the beginning stages. You know, going back to Matthew thirteen twenty four and following. You know the the wheat and the tares at the beginning, you can't really tell the tares apart from the wheat. But as they grow, they prove themselves true. And what I mean by that is they show their heart to whom they serve. You know, as God says, you can't serve both God and Mammon. You either love the one and hate the other or despise the one and, and hold fast to the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Where you can't serve yourself and serve God. You have to serve God his way.
0: Yeah. I like this one, the parable of the, of the pearl of great price. Just a short little yeah. parable. I'll, I'll read it because it's two verses. Yeah. And, <laughs> and again, true. he says the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. Okay. Seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And that's verses
1: forty five and forty six.
0: That's you're right, forty five and forty six, yep, of of chapter thirteen. And his point here is, to his disciples is, Hey, look, this kingdom, if you find it, is worth it, all you have. Yeah. Sell everything you have and buy it and hang on to it. Yeah. This is how desperate it was this is how desperately you need this that's right you know and um, and so you know just two verses there I um, trying to explain to the disciples here how important the kingdom of heaven was yeah and yet you know what's interesting they go through all this teaching and when it came time for Christ to be persecuted they still thought it was a heavenly kingdom or a, an, an earthly, earthly kingdom. kingdom yeah. Right? And, and Jesus, this whole time, was not talking about... He keeps saying, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. You know, and they, they didn't catch on to it. Yeah. Well, and
1: even when you look back at Mark 9, verse 1... Turn over there. Mark 9, verse 1. Mm-hmm. Christ says, And he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that there are some standing here who will not taste death... Till they see the kingdom of God present with power. And so here you might be able to get confused if you still think it's an earthly kingdom. And yeah, that's right. And, yeah. But he is talking about the notice he says the kingdom of God here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where the kingdom of God present with power. You will see the kingdom of God. There are some standing here with me today who will not taste death, speaking of they will not die. A physical death, you know, the earthly death. They will not die until they see the kingdom of God present with power. So, of course, he's talking about a spiritual kingdom, which we, you know, his church is at, is the kingdom of God, you know, and and so uh, this is what he was in, in talking about here mm-hmm. in Mark nine where. You know, people today are still waiting for the kingdom. Well, if there were some there standing with him, and some of them will not die until they see the kingdom of God present with power, if we're still waiting for this kingdom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there are some people who are over 2,000 years old standing before us. Yeah, right. (laughs) And we know that's not the case. We would have heard about somebody 2,000 years old. So... You know, he was talking about the kingdom of God, which is his church. You know, as uh, Colossians, turn over there with me. Colossians 1, uh, 15 through 18. So he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the first born from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. So He is the head of the body. He is the head of His church. He is the head of the kingdom. You know, and when you... Turn over to Matthew 28, 18. Christ says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So he has all authority. He is the head of the kingdom of God,
0: which is his church. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, it's... I know I'm getting a little off there. Well, it's all great. <laughs> um, you know, kind of going back to the parable here, you know, you you brought up the verse, 1 Peter 5, 8. Yeah, You know, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour.
1: That's a very you know, good point.
0: I mean, that's, that's what we all have to watch out for here. And that's yeah. what Jesus is trying to tell him.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the... When Christ explains the parable, he's talking about the enemy is the devil. Yeah. You know, and he is sowing these terrors. Well, he is sowing lies... Into the truth. Yeah. And we actually see him doing that a little bit with Christ. Even when when Christ was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. Yeah. At the end, Satan tries to use Scripture, and of course taking it out of context, but use Scripture against Christ. He says, you know, um, let's turn over there. Matthew 4 last thing I want to do is take that out of context, right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, let me see. In verse 5 of Matthew chapter 4, it says, Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Yeah. This is... Satan quoting scripture to Christ. Yeah. And Jesus corrects him in verse 7. Jesus said to him, "It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so a lot of people will take a verse, rip it out of context to fit what they're 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 wanting rather than taking the Bible as a whole. Notice Christ says also it is written. It is written again. You know, so you have to take all of the Scripture and put it together. And when you do that, that's when it perfectly blends together. That's when you see the perfection in God. Yeah. And and so Christ uh, throws Scripture back at him. But you see there Satan trying to throw in a little tear there, trying yeah. trying to to catch him up.
0: Well, and, and I think, too, we're not— um, we- we're not perfect and we never are and you know we can think of ourselves as the wheat not having to do anything you know we have to we have to be obedient but understanding what Christ done for us you know if you continue reading on in that verse that you um, brought up in uh, Colossians 1 oh yeah so Colossians 1 you read about um through 18 yeah but if you read on I was just kind of reading on verse 19 for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should be should dwell, and by him to be reconciled all things himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, and you who once were alienated, which is us, yep. and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled, Jesus reconciled us, in the body of his flesh through the death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Yeah. Jesus is going to do that for us. That's right. On the, the, the harvest day. Yeah. You know, um, and if indeed you continue in the faith, so if we're faithful and we continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So Paul's talking about this and he's saying if you if you hold fast, you're gonna be able to take advantage of this being reconciled. Yeah. Jesus is gonna be that uh, interceder, for giving us taking away our sin, basically. That's right. And making us perfect, free of tears. Yeah, you know.
1: Well, and you know, you're as you bring this out, and this there's a lot to actually unpack in here. Oh man! As, as I'm as I'm looking at it, you know his death it's all through his death Mm -hmm. now you know how does this play in our lives you know you have to ask that question how does this all play in our lives how does his death affect our soul and and how or, or at what point does it affect you know how can he reconcile us you know romans 3 23 for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god so we all have been separated from god in the flesh, because of our sin, yeah, because of the sin that we have committed. Mm-hmm. So, and that standpoint, all of us are guilty of eternal tor- torment or eternal damnation mm-hmm. because we have all sinned, yes. And so, how does Christ dying change that? Yeah. You know, He was perfect in every way, shape, and form, and He, so His blood was without blemish. His his flesh was without blemish. Yeah. And so when he shed his blood, through the shedding of his blood it actually causes remission of our sins. And and that ties into Acts two thirty eight. Yeah. It's at the point of baptism. Mm-hmm. Nowhere else in scripture does it indicate that you have the remission of sins before baptism. Nowhere. And so this is something that I'm sure if you're listening well, in, there's this is so controversial in the world, but it, it's very clear in Scripture. When you love the Word of God, mm-hmm. it's very clear. Nowhere else in Scripture, it's always after the point of baptism.
0: Yeah, well, and 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 the thing is too here, um, Paul, you know he he's he's quite an example for us. You know, we hear oh, people yeah. say. Well, I've just done too many bad things. I, you know, I can't, you know, I can't become a Christian. I, I've just done too many bad things in my life. Yeah. You know, and Paul here, continuing on in verse 24 of, of Colossians 1, he says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. And, he, you know, we know how much he suffered, Paul. Yeah. None of us have suffered that bad, no, for Christ, but yet He rejoiced in His sufferings, you know. Yeah. and even Paul, before we know, he persecuted the church. You know, yeah, he called himself the chief of sinners. That's right, you know. Well,
1: and he was guilty of killing Christians. Yeah, you know, we we see in Acts seven when um, Stephen was being stoned. He was a, a faithful Christian being stoned. Well, they were first called Christians in Antioch Acts eleven twenty six. Yeah. In Acts seven, so he wasn't called a Christian, but he was a follower of Christ. Yeah. If you want to get technical. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they see that you know when, when they took off the robes of of um, Stephen, they laid it at Saul of Tarsus's feet. Yeah. Now the, the implication from that, the one in charge is the one that received all of the um, the spoils, as you will. And and their clothes were very precious. They didn't have a closet full of clothes. They couldn't go to um, Walmart or Old Navy, wherever you go shopping. They can't go to a, a store and just buy clothes. So clothing was very hard to come by. And so when somebody would get stoned or when somebody was put to death, they would take their clothes and, and almost pass their clothes off and give them to somebody, they were very valuable. And so they, they were considered the spoils of war type of thing. So when they stoned Stephen and laid it at Saul of Tarsus's feet, that was actually an indication that he was in charge of it all. Mm-hmm. He was in charge of stoning Stephen. And then outside sources show that he was responsible for, for about 2,000 Christian deaths and persecutions. 2,000. Mm-hmm. and this is this is the same great apostle Paul, so when people like you were saying, well, I've done too much bad things, yeah, have you been responsible for killing two thousand Christians? <laughs> yeah. If not,
0: I think you'll be all right. Well, we've all <laughs> and you know that's the thing we can't really classify sin, or there's no levels of sin, sin is sin, right you know, no matter what you've done that's And right. so understanding that, but understanding too. What Jesus did for us, for all of us, Paul included. Yep. Here, you know, it's just amazing to them. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's 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 such a blessing, you know.
1: It is, and actually, turn over with me to Romans six, and this this expresses the um, the the symbolic meaning behind baptism. Starting in verse 3, we'll read 3-5 through of Romans 6. He says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism unto death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, Certainly, we also should be in the likeness of his resurrection. So here you, you have that, um, you know, as you are buried in baptism. You know, when, when you are put into the watery grave, you're putting to death the old man. And when you arise out of that grave, you're leaving the old man
0: yeah.
1: and his, his old ways in that watery grave. You put him to death, and you rise and walk in newness of life with the Lord. And so that's the, that's how Christ reconciles you with him, you know. And so to go back to Colossians that you were talking about, and let's actually turn back over there with, together, uh, Colossians 1 again, okay, as you were 19 and following, if I recall, uh, verse 20, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by whether... Things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Yeah. This is how we have been reconciled with him. It, it's through that, the, the baptism, leaving your old man and walking in newness of life. And then in continuing on, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has made, or he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. To present you holy and blameless, yeah. and above reproach in His sight. That's what
0: He's going to do for us. Yeah, is present us as perfect.
1: That's right. And but you know, we also need to uh, continue. You know, uh, the only w- way that yeah, we can like, remain holy and blameless mm-hmm. is to continue in His ways.
0: You and know, like in verse twenty-six, He says, "The mystery which has been hidden from ages." And from generations, but now has been revealed to his servants. To them, God willed to make known what the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. You know, so God has made it known to us what to do. That's right. Um, and, he, and Paul's saying here, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. That we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That's right. To the end, I also labor, striving according to his work, working, which works in me mightily. That's right. You know, and that's what Paul says. That's what he's doing. That's what we should be doing. Yep. You know, and And, and, and it's not a mystery anymore. It's been revealed to us.
1: And, you know... In verse 23, and, and I know we're kind of bouncing around in Colossians yeah. 1, but there's so much here. There is. <laughs> and, you know, as, as he just says, you know, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. In verse 23, it says, if indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast, mm-hmm. we have to continue in the faith. Yeah. You know, there's there's a belief out there that once you're saved, you're always saved. Yeah that contradicts
0: what he is saying here well and paul didn't quit He said he didn't quit no he continues in it
1: yeah here and, and if if once you're saved you're always saved you know um somebody came up to me and and we were talking about this and he he believed you know once you're saved you're always saved and i said then why don't you kill yourself and and i know that that's like a a uh <laughs> maybe a harsh thing to say or, or maybe like a eye-opening thing i said but Why would you suffer through this life if you don't have to? If you're saved, end it and be with him now. You know, I desire to go to heaven. Chad, I know you do too. The only way we can get there is if we die, right? The only way we can get to heaven is if we die in this life. And so why wouldn't you just end your life to be with him? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he didn't have an answer. I said, that's why... He tells us to remain faithful until death, and he will give us that crown of life. Yeah. We have to remain faithful.
0: In you verse know, 28, him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. You know, him yeah. we preach. It, it's not we preach it and then you go on your way. We continue to preach. Him we preach. Yeah.
1: And if you're listening, I, I need to make it very clear. I'm not saying to to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't want anyone to, <laughs> yeah, to think no. that you know killing yourself is okay. No. You know, it, it's it's murder you know and you're just murdering yourself and that's
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's a sin and so don't do that if if that's yeah. what you're getting what i'm saying don't no, don't do no. that no but but the the point i was making with with this gentleman is that can't make sense you know we have to continue in the faith we have to continue to please the lord and in fact that that's the meaning of the word christian is follower of christ or to be like Christ or, or Christ-like, and that indicates just in in the word Christian indicates that you have to continue to be faithful to Him. Yeah,
0: I think it's um, all these parables that He has that He gives us here in verse thir- or chapter, chapter 13, thirteen. Yeah, just go right along with what we're talking about, and I wouldn't mind reading the parable of the dragnet real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So it's verse 47 of Matthew 13. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some from every kind. Of course, we may not understand totally what a dragnet is, but it's a great big net that they'd throw out and it'd come down on the seafloor or lake, shore, whatever, and they would gather everything that was in the range of that net. Yeah. So they gather everything and, and they pull it in the boat Um, in verse 48 which when it was fully full they drew to shore and they sat down and gathered the good into the vessel but threw the bad away so it will be at at the the end of age the angels will come forth separate the wicked from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth so this this just kind of blows out of the water this argument that that they're making that once saved always saved yeah because um how are you not wicked at that point if you go right back to doing what you were doing before how are you how are you um the good how are you the angels will come forth and separate the wicked from among the just how are you just there that's right you're not cuz you went back to doing what they did and it's this you you can see it clearly in this parable Absolutely. because they pulled the bad out you know we go fishing here and 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 sometimes we'll catch a, a trash fish we call them a sucker fish um, is yeah, what i always I, call I them i throw those out i yeah. i keep the good ones and throw those out yeah. okay and you know we see that uh you know in in if you watch any kind of fishing show or whatever yeah especially if they're using nets or pots they catch everything 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 i mean the the dailies catch guys i like watching them on the discovery channel yeah uh they, they'll catch uh 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 what am i jellyfish i mean there's starfish there's all kinds of stuff in there yeah that that they don't want that they have to throw back just getting their crap they catch yeah. everything that comes into the net yeah so
1: and and turn turn with me to ezekiel 18
0: okay we got 4 minutes
1: Oh, already? (laughs) Man. So Ezekiel 18, uh, verse 21. And this is exactly what we're talking about. Okay. It says, But if a wicked man turns from all his sins, which he has committed, keeps all my statutes, and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him. Because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? Here in verse 24 it says, But when the righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and does according to all the abominations that the wicked man does, he, shall he live? All the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered hmm. because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed. Because of them he shall die.
0: Yeah, Very that's good.
1: exactly what we're talking Very about. Very good point. It doesn't matter if you were once righteous; if you turn back to your wicked ways,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you will die because of it. All the all the righteousness that you have done will not be mm-hmm. remembered. Yeah. And so, again, just completely destroying the you know once saved always saved. Yeah. And, and you know, once you have tasted the goodness of the Lord, I think this may be a good good place to end. But. Uh, Second Peter chapter 2. Okay. I think it's 20, verse 20 through the end. And so the, here he is talking about the people that have known the goodness of the Lord and, and, and turned away from the pollutions of, of the world, you know, or the, the wicked ways and, and the sin of the world. Verse 20 and, and following of 2 Peter chapter 2. For if... After they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Mm-hmm. And so here he's talking about those that have escaped the pollutions of the world or, the, or the, the wickedness of this world and have known the righteousness of God. And after knowing the righteousness of God has turned away from God back to their sinful ways, back to the pollutions of the world, the latter end for them is, is worse. You know, it would have been better not to have ever known the Lord. Yeah. And we know that if you have never come to the Lord, that means eternal damnation. That's better than having known the Lord and turning away from Him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a very surreal um, verse that, yeah. that he says here. This is a very strong passage.
0: I like what verse 18 says there. Just back up a little bit. It yep. says, For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness... They allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. Yep. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. It makes me think of going fishing. We, we take a lure, okay, and we doll it up, make it shiny, make it look really good, and we throw it out there. <laughs> And we're trying to lure that fish away from the real food. Yeah. You know, and it works. Yeah, Man, Boy, we got one on, you know, we got one hooked. And that's exactly what false teachers, the devil, he's dolling these lures up for us to try to lead us astray. Yeah. And we have to watch out for that. Yeah. You
1: know? I, I literally just watched a documentary on, um, I think it was called Hillsong Church. Mm-hmm. It was a huge, um, like a huge mega church, you know, thousands and thousands of people. And in fact, this was, um, Justin Bieber went to it. Oh, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, they even had like a celebrity preacher. It's mm-hmm. kind of what they called him. But they had, I mean, it was a stage like one of the biggest concerts you've ever been to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a huge stage, and he was in center stage, and he was... Oh man, he was he was preaching, and he was yeah. And then, um,
0: what does it say? Uh, speak great swelling words yeah. of emptiness. Oh man,
1: and he had <laughs> he had the crowds going. You oh, know, sure. everyone loved him. Sure. But then, what's funny? As, as it says, um, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. Yeah. Come to find out, he was one of his his biggest things that he preached on was um, impurities. Mm-hmm. You know, fornication and everything, in which I would agree with what he yeah. was saying. It's a sin, and and he was he was condemning it. You know, so good for him. But then he was he was having an affair. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was married with I think three kids, and mm-hmm. he was having an affair with this lady on the side, and mm-hmm. and you know, just the he was corrupt. Yeah, you know, and, and so. He had these great swelling words, and, and so when you read this, that's exactly what I thought about. And sure. Because I like, I just watched this. I think it was we like can picture, Saturday night or something like that.
0: Yeah, we can picture it, and we can see it. Um, there's, yeah. There's a lot of uh, great speakers that can just win an audience over. Yeah. And 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 really, I think this is this is what's describing exact, exactly what they do. You know, yep. emptiness. Words of emptiness. Yeah. They lure through lust of the flesh. Yep, you know something physical that that you're gonna gain. So, yeah, Absolutely. unfortunately, we are out of time. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I hope you all have enjoyed our study this evening. I sure have. Um, Absolutely, there's so much here. Like I said when we started, I started looking at what we were gonna talk about, going, "Oh boy, we could <laughs> we could go forever and ever." And so, hopefully, you've enjoyed our study this evening. Feel free to reach out to us. Um, Please do. If if you have any questions or, or have a topic you you want some help um, studying, um, we'd love to hear from you. Truth, um, in a, uh, let's see, our email is truthinagapelove at gmail.com. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a share. Give us a like. Subscribe to the, the um, podcast. Um, share it with your friends. And we'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. See you later.